If you're like me, you can't get enough John Mulaney, and that's good. Because during the Netflix is a Joke Festival, John Mulaney is presenting a brand new show called Everybody's in L.A. It's six live episodes created and starring John that will stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. This is going to be an unconventional show with very big special guests. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. Here's something that we've known since the dawn of bread. Everything is better sliced. Let me explain. Slice a pineapple, you get a blast of fresh fruit. Slice some jeans, get some jorts. That's why the new Captain Morgan Sliced went all in on four bold, deliciously sliced cocktail-style flavors, including pineapple daiquiri, strawberry margarita, mango mai tai, and passion fruit hurricane. Try the new Captain Morgan Sliced because sliced is better. Visit CaptainMorgan.com to find Sliced near you. Does not contain real fruit or juice. Captain Morgan Sliced, premium flavored malt beverage with natural flavor and certified color. Captain Morgan and Co. Plainfield, Illinois. Please drink responsibly. 21 plus. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up here. There's something we should all be doing. It's going to improve your life, make every day a little bit better. And that is eat more Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. Think about it. All the gurus, all the coaches out there, they've never said the words eat more Reese's. I mean, that combination of sweet chocolate and salty peanut butter. I mean, this is something that brings other people and ourselves joy. That's why there's two in a pack. Shop Reese's peanut butter cups now at a store near you found wherever candy is sold and often in my pantry because I love these. Not since the big short have we seen such an indictment on the big banking system and their takeover of small town America. We saw the Dirt Bike Kid, so you know what that means. Now it's time for How did this get made? We're gonna have a good time Celebrate some failure Not just be a hater Did you know you wonder How did this get made? Let's wallow in the mediocrity Of subpar art Perhaps we'll find the answer To the question How did this get made? Hello people of Earth And welcome to How did this get made? I am Tall John Shear And this week we are talking About the 1985 classic The Dirt Bike Kid, starring Peter Billingsley. The tagline for the movie is, if you're crazy about magic, hot for action, ready for romance, and wild about winning, this movie is for you. Um, <laughs> it is about a magical dirt bike. Think Jack and the Beanstalk, but with a dirt bike, but also forget the whole second part of Jack and the Beanstalk and replace it with a big bank. Anyway, we'll get into it. Um, so now, without any further ado, please meet my co-host, Mr. Jason Manzoukas and Miss June Diane Rayfield. How are you both? I mean, uh, I think it's wild that you think this is like Jack and the Beanstalk. Because <laughs> to me, this was like, what if you had E.T., but E.T. was a bike? Oh, I, oh, I saw it as the magical Jason, beans. I didn't see her. Huh. The thing about this bike is that it didn't have a personality. It has a voice. It has the lights. It communicates with him through the computer. It, what do you like, mean it has a ar- voice? It's like beeps and boops. It's got yeah. like, it has like, it goes, it emotes with sounds. And when it gets excited, it revs like, <sighs> like, you know, the, yeah. it doesn't. I never felt and the, connected and the to eyes, the bike. The, headlight, the headlights are the eyes. It keeps focusing. And when it's like being taken away, it like puts its head down like it's sad. It like they emote the the bike like it's because the other thing they do is they treat it like it's a one of those movies where. The kid has a dog and the kid has to be like, go on, get out of here, you dumb dog. I hate you. I don't even want you, you stupid dog. Get out of here. It's like that, but with a sentient dirt bike. And <laughs> and I would argue 
it has similarities to Herbie, right? Am I remembering oh, Herbie correctly? Like, I think you, yes, I think, I think it's. I think Herbie is a good comp. Yeah, so maybe I forget it's, Herbie, but yes, I think that's that's probably true. I don't too. think that's a movie we ever did, did we? Well, we never did no. the originals, nor did we do the Lindsay Lohan Michael Keaton reboot uh, of it uh, that came out. That Tom Lennon and Ben Grant actually wrote. I've never seen the remake. Herbie fully loaded. I yes. Believe. Yes. Um, That's right. <laughs> but I do believe that this movie was extremely popular because I didn't recognize the title, but when I saw the poster of Peter Billingsley, the kid from A Christmas Story, on that dirt bike flying over a city, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is always in like the kids section." Of my local video store when I was a kid, and I wanted this movie. I was movie. shocked that I never saw it. Really, I was like, I was like, how have I never seen this? This is exactly my like the age that I was, and yeah. I, I feel like if I had seen it, I would have been like, I want that dirt bike. Oh my god, I want to be, I want to take on the bad at Stuart Pankin at the bank. I wanted, like, I feel like it would have been a movie as a kid. I would have been like, oh, this is so cool. I mean, there is nothing more eighties than Stuart Pankin as a bad guy and dirt bikes. I mean, this movie, <laughs> this movie. I is have never. What is this movie called? <laughs> <laughs> What is it called? Wow. What minute are we at? We're at what minute what? Called? We're at two minutes what, in. What do you what, think what it might movie? be called? What is yeah, what, what do you me think? Me and my guess? dirt I honestly was looking at the photo behind you and I was like I was about to say me and my dirt bike. My By dirt the way, bike better title. <laughs> better title. Me Life with my and, dirt bike. And with a, with a musical number. I'm guessing. Um, I would love it if this movie had a musical number to me and my dirt bike where they dance together. Me because the thing about the dirt bike dirt is it dirt bike. <laughs> revving up the avenue. Uh, anyway, here's the thing. Because the bike, what's crazy about it is what like is the it bike, called? What is this movie called? The dirt We're never gonna kid. tell you. <laughs> I just would I would have preferred if throughout I, the episode I, I we just kept I asking you now what do you think it's called? Yeah, I made a mistake. <laughs> did you hear me, June? Did you hear I it? I did. The dirt right. bike kid. All the right. dirt bike kid. Me and my dirt bike though is unquestionably a better title. Um, I gotta say, uh, yeah. Sorry, I mean, Jason, what were you gonna say? Oh, I just was about to say, like, one of the things that is was shocking to me and I loved was like the it, it, like in my comp of it's E.T., like at the end of the movie, Elliot and E.T. are on the bike and the bike flies across the moon. And, and because of E.T.'s magic, the bike is able to fly in this movie. Peter Billingsley buys a dirt bike for fifty dollars, cleans it up in the garage and at minute 13 is flying above Los Angeles. <laughs> Yeah. He's flying on the dirt bike at minute 13. I was like, so, where is this going? So <laughs> unimpressed with the flying. I was like, wow, oh. this is cool. This, this is look great. That. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's no... It, it's like he lives in a world... Well, that's what was so strange. It's like he lives in a world where you can fly on dirt bikes. Yes. Because yes. that, that scene had me thinking like, oh, it uh, can you fly on dirt bikes in this world? Like, what is... What what is this reality? Here's he my never, main problem yeah. with the movie, <laughs> and it's the only problem I have. The only there's the only, only one problem. One. Otherwise, it's perfect. Otherwise, I wish the title was more memorable. But other than that, no <laughs> i I thought from the beginning of the movie we were gonna we were setting up that this is a child who wants desperately to compete in a dirt bike race. Mm-hmm. Yes, and now all roads were gonna were going to lead. To him being the guy who gets to win 
and beat these other guys in a dirt bike race. Right. I agree. And then we like crazily take a left turn and start to understand he's a little league player. And the whole like heartbeat of the movie is about saving the well, I'm going to get into the hot dog place in a second, but saving that restaurant, which they constantly refer to as a store, um, saving because the they restaurant. Because they sell hot dogs. Yeah. It's the hot dog store. Well, yeah, it's the hot dog store. <laughs> it's not I'll meet you at the hot, hot dog, dog store. Dog what, do you, what do you not get about that? <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, what do you guys want? Okay. Where should we go I'm for dinner? So should we go eat at the, the hot dog store? <laughs> <laughs> and look, if you ate in the restaurant, you'd be eating in the restaurant. But they're just going there for the store part. They're buying the hot yeah, yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah. Because there's also the an arcade. There's, so, yeah. there's an arcade there. There's you know it's yeah. a hot dog it's a, store. It's yeah, a hot dog store and an arcade and a restaurant. It's three things. Oh, it's oh also a food God, fight was... store. It's also a food fight <laughs> so, store where we go to have food. Imagine fight. how much you would have to clean that place. I mean, the the food fight they were having. Oh, was okay. So that's so, my question. You'd have about to shut down for days. You'd have to shut down for days. But do you think, Jason and Paul, Paul, you Mm. can respond to this, too. But Mike is presented, the owner of the hot dog store, is Mm. presented as a shell of a man. A man who shattered. Yes. Like, life has been so cruel to this man. He's oh, he yeah. looks like he's in the middle of a nervous he breakdown is a and that he's down man. He when he is coaching those kids, when he's coaching the kids at um Little League and he's trying to give them a pep talk at the beginning of the game, he is like he might as well be like give up. It's over. Who cares? We, we, but he life sees means that, like, nothing. The entire movie like he's despondent. He he's despondent. And then after I saw that food fight though, I was like, "Oh, Maybe this is a man who's just been like shattered by these food fights happening every day. Like he, because well, he must have just stay there till like four in the morning cleaning yeah. up. I have a question. How long did it take you? Because I'm going to say it took me a while. How long did it take you to realize he owned the hot dog store? Well, it took because I did while. not feel like it was evident at the beginning. When it took fr- me a while until the bank closes. Yeah. Oh, I knew it a little bit earlier than that. There was a moment when he was actively playing the video game machine where I was like, this is odd. This man who coaches the Little League team is off in the corner playing his own arcade. Well, I didn't know it was his own arcade machine. I just thought, here's a man playing an arcade machine in the corner by himself. He's depressed. And then when it became clear that he owned the place and he was in the corner playing the arcade machine, I was even more depressed. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, you're having trouble hearing me, June? A little bit. Okay, huh? We'll ratchet it up. Oh, boy. You know what? Good, now June? it's saying internet unstable. I'm going back. You want to just plug into the internet, June? What do you mean plug in? Oh, that's why we installed that, that line right under your desk. This is the first I'm hearing about it. <laughs> Keep this <laughs> in. Keep all this in. <laughs> Remember when Where's you shoot off you shoot off the construction workers? Keep uh, this because- in. And Devin, put put the music, the like the the xylophone music, put underneath this discussion. This is the first time I'm hearing about a line. I have okay. no idea I was wired in. Would Would you like me to come down there and? No, and show just you? tell me if I plugged in the thing that goes to the monitor. Is that is well, no, it, it, like like it looks like a, in? Yeah. It looks like a. Oh, oh, okay. Well, no, it looks like it looks like a. It looks like a phone cord. Yeah. It looks like a phone cable, not a cable cable. And it should be plugged into your that little that little like um, gray box that goes into your computer. Don't look under the desk. Would well. Okay, <laughs> I see it. It's not plugged in. I'm gonna go plug it in now. Okay. 
plug it in. Wow. So you're telling me that thing. Wow. Okay. Well, do now I you have to, have to shut up. Else? Well, now you would shut off Wi-Fi. That's terrifying. Okay. Here goes nothing. Oh boy. Here we go. Okay. See you on the other side. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm still here. All right. There you go. Wow. This is amazing. I this is the content that, that people need in 2021. <laughs> wow. 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 I've been, just so you both know, I've been switching from 5G back to regular G to uh, nope. back to this 5. This is all you need. This is all you need. This, no ver- this is the stablest, yeah. most protected version of this now. Yeah. This is what you would like to you're be not, connected you're not on. wireless. You're getting it straight oh, from the wall. Shit. And when were you planning on telling me about this, Bob? Well, me? we had, we had, uh, we had, <laughs> Jason well, first of all, yeah, Jason, to me. Too. Jeez, well, first I'm of all, sorry. I'm going to, you gonna, know what? You're right. My bad. I'm going to walk you back through a few conversations we had about it. Um, <laughs> the first being, uh, when we were doing our, our live video shows, we decided that we need to get one so we wouldn't mm-hmm. lose connection. And then the, the gentleman, uh, gray and his team came over to the house and they needed to, uh, install it and you. You shooed them away. Then they came I back did. another. Yep. And then they came back another time and then they installed it. <laughs> and then uh, when they came back the second I like, time. I like the image of people trying to come and hook up technology at the house and June with a broom, like chasing them away. You, like, shoot, listen, it's it's never a good time. It's like never it's like a good time. Like they're mice. Like they're mice that are loose in the never house. Never a good time for people to come to the house that have been booked for weeks. Uh, yes. They are often <laughs> shooed out of the house, uh, asked to be wrap it up. Guys, we got we got to wrap it up now. This is supposed to be my retreat Ugh. and my haven, and I just can't take all of the goings on. Um, <laughs> but this is something. Now that we're on this subject, I actually do want to, and I will own this next one. I will completely own it because I received a number of DMs. And oh, yeah. people were mentioning me on Twitter. And I know that in the last episode, there was a lot of terrible noise on my audio. Yeah, and there were a lot clacking. of questions around it, clicking and clacking. And people were very upset. And I was accused of getting a manicure during the episode. And I was. <laughs> yes. Yep. That was that. So I want to apologize to our listeners and to their ears, and and honestly, I will put some blame on you, Paul, wait, and and Devin, wait, Devin. a formal you can apology. Hear it? And oh, oh that's yes. amazing. Yeah. Quite I mean, clearly. Devin had to work. Oh uh, shit. But Devin, how long did you have to work to get that cleaned up? Oh, four hours, three, four hours. No, Devin. Well, and, and people still and people still could hear it. Oh my yep. gosh. Yes. Oh my God! I'm so wow. sorry. Now this is another thing I'll, I will this ask is you to take some news. responsibility for, Paul. Me? Yeah. No, me. <laughs> uh, apparently, <laughs> Just, it's my fault. Every time me? I point right. at the screen, I'll fall on my get, sword. Okay, so this is what I want you to take some responsibility for. Mm-hmm. Sure. I have done this before, and the listeners haven't noticed. Okay, so I've. I, listen, I'm trying to meet beauty standards that are honestly impossible to meet, and sure. I'm set up to fail. In the society that we live in. Yes, I have to get manis and petties and all manner of thing to simply exist as a woman in the world. And there's only so much time in the day. And so did I know I was going to be sitting here without doing anything else but the podcast and just talking? Yes, I did. I thought that was a perfect time to get my nails and toenails done. Now... I have gotten it done before and it hasn't been heard, which makes me think that whatever this was, Cody, 
whatever new microphone you got me, whatever new setup, that the sound is so much Wait, better. Wait, are you, are you blaming Cody for getting you good equipment? <laughs> All I'm saying is when I had the old equipment, no one could tell. And is now I've a- got all this fancy stuff. I got um, wired in and I got special things over the mic. So my peas don't pop and this and that and the other thing. And now people are picking well, up. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to jump in here and just say but when I came downstairs, uh, this is Cody's now blaming me. Um, uh, Cody says my like fault June's, because June's apology I, left this at Paul and Cody's feet. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, uh, so basically my fault is that I gave her a better microphone because she was, uh, I thought that she could use a better microphone. Um, but I don't want this microphone to pick up everything that I'm doing. Just sure, my but voice. Now, right, now here's what is I will say. Is that possible? Just here's my Here's what voice. I will say. When I came That's down to I see. That's why I specifically requested one that would make my voice sound good, but wouldn't pick up my farts. <laughs> <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by. Squarespace. I love Squarespace. I'm in the middle of trying to balance my business life and my real life. This work-life balance, it's tough, but Squarespace has been helping me by giving me the tools to reach my goals and have time to celebrate. That's right. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online with the guided design system of Squarespace Blueprint. You can select from curated layouts to styling options, optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. You can accept credit cards, PayPal, Apple Pay. Plus, with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about. You choose your tone and enter what you need to get auto-generated perfect text. Anyway, I love Squarespace. I've been building sites with them from the beginning. And when I launched my book, I said I'm doing it all myself on Squarespace, and I'm very pleased with it. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash bonkers to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I recently went to the Telluride Comedy Festival, and I was sick and tired of staying in the same kind of cookie-cutter places. And I went on Airbnb, and I found a perfect spot for me and the family. We had an amazing time because we felt like home. Then I realized, wait a second, what if I could give that feeling to someone else? Yes! That's the best part. When you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. That's right. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who have never thought about it or didn't even realize that their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and you can make someone feel great and make a little bit of money too because we all need a little bit of money and maybe your talent or your gift to the world is having a killer place. So if you have a home, but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. Who said the kids get to have all the breakfast fun time? Break away from the ordinary with Cap'n Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but a tasty bowl of Cap'n Crunch is an escape from morning monotony. Enjoy the bold flavors like original Cap'n Crunch, Crunch Berries, Oops All Berries, and Peanut Butter. Plus, the crunch you love is now available in cinnamon, and it is delicious even in a sea of milk. The crunch of Cap'n Crunch is epic. Yes, my family is all in on the cinnamon Captain Crunch. I didn't think you could make it better, but they did. I love my Captain Crunch, and now I love sharing it with my kids. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. Get Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch now at a retailer near you, and learn more at captaincrunch.com. Hey, 
Anyway, time is money, and that is why Mike is so upset in the dirt bike kid. Because unlike Jason, I knew that he was the owner of the hot dog place, but I was sad to see him so uh, disengaged. He never seemed to be a person to go behind the counter. To see him playing his own arcade machine in the middle of the day really made me depressed for this man. Oh I'm- yeah, well that's when I that's I feel like in that scene is where he says. They're going to close the place down or whatever. And I was like, oh, wait, this is his place? Oh, they give an exposition dump in this moment that is massive. And what makes it even more massive is that we weren't even clued into this being part of the plot. What's the matter, Mike? I've never seen you so steamed. Why don't you ask Mr. Hodgkin's personal assistant? A comprehensive analysis made by the bank's computer selected this site as the location for the new bank. Mr. Hodgkins has given Mike one week to vacate before they tear down the doghouse. But I'm sure Mike will be... sure Michael what? Go on, Miss Lavelle, what? Why don't you understand? Don't you and your computer understand I'm about to lose everything in my life, everything I've worked for? We've done things like that compute in your comprehensive analysis, huh? Like, for me, inside of this movie, again, we're only, like, maybe 15 minutes in. And we've been introduced to, because I, like June, thought this movie was going to be, like, a little bit, like, rad or something like that. Yeah. the the racing because because to be clear at the very beginning of the movie Peter Billingsley rides his regular bike to a dirt bike rally race or whatever that's called while like a, on a, a, mission, a motocross race you know while like on a it's mission kids. to mom or from mom to oh, buy right. fifty dollars worth of groceries uh, uh, with with their last fifty dollars. She says, this is the end of, this is our last $50. <laughs> okay. so Go buy groceries. I was a latchkey kid. Uh, you know, I was a kid that was home alone a lot. And I have to say that I don't think this mom was juggling being a single mom as good as she could be. Because she's really Careful wanting him mom. to do a lot of <laughs> A lot of very hard tasks. I mean, she's like, you should be cooking the bacon. I don't believe that a little kid should be in charge of a hot, greasy uh, frying pan. I don't think the kid should be in charge of getting $50 worth of groceries. Like, he was doing some insurmountable tasks for his age, in my opinion. How old is he? Uh, that's what exactly what I was going to ask, and because I wrote down at one point, how old is this kid? Because and how old are all of these kids? Because I was going to say twelve. Okay, twelve. Okay, yeah. I hope twelve because actually, it was his little best friend who's obsessed with boobs and oh my is god, like very the, sexual. It made me so uncomfortable because I was like, oh, is is he ten or nine or twelve? That's no, really I think different. Because that to me, that kid, I was like when I wrote when I watched that, I was like, oh, that's right. The eighties trope of the young kid perv oh it's so is horrible like, it's is so horrible so, is such a thing that w- is not done anymore doesn't exist but was so prevalent Oof. in these movies of this time is that there was always a kid who was like always looking at boobs and butts and he's like talking yeah. about girls and and all this stuff and and he's like Peter Billingsley he's his best friend and, you know? and we know that he's a little bit more of a cad because he's wearing a Hawaiian shirt I, and I feel like that was a big yes, a yes. big deal like even in Splash John Candy when we were introduced to him I think as a kid his game was that he would spill change on the ground and then uh 
terrible habits to teach children and 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 pick up the change to look up women's skirts uh but like the same energy was like where he doesn't care about the dirt bikes he just cares about the boobs uh peter Bo, Bo is that kid's name and he uh, says this line which i think best sums up who Bo is he says uh, after after uh, Peter Billingsley has told him all about like the the motorbike or the dirt bike rather take flying around and taking him on this big adventure, the kid goes, "I don't believe in fairy tales. I believe in Playboy magazine." <laughs> oh, I, I was like, listen, I, I had like, a hard. This kid is insane. Yeah, I mean, I had a hard time that I had a hard time with this movie because of those reasons, like the, the sexualizing. These young boys are making them like these lustful, you know, pubescent kids was just uncomfortable. And then the boss and I mean, I don't know, I actually had a moment where I was watching this where I was like, wow, I just consumed so much of rape culture as a child that I did not even I wasn't even able to identify it. It was just it just was what movies were. And oh, no. I didn't the, question it, and it was just like, oh, that's that's what we do to women. That's what we all that that's it. I mean, he and it's it's inside of like it, that's what the villain does. Like the Stuart Pankin character is the villain, and he behaves reprehensible towards women, and that's the way it's kind of framed. But it is behavior that is like across the board insane, and 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 not just like once, but is repeatedly and, reinforced. And not only that, that but he the, is like a predator. He's a predator, but not. Not only that, there's that moment that really I, I wanted to cry when the mom is explaining to um, Jack why she's not taking the job. And she says, like, oh, there were other reasons. And he goes, oh, that it was such a bummer because it was like, oh, he, this child understands this and this mm-hmm. child doesn't question this. And this child has accepted that this is the way of the world and there's nothing to be done about it because this is how we understand things to go. And it was just it really th- this movie really depressed me. And I swear I won't cause any more trouble. Oh, and mom, I'm really sorry about it costing you that job. Really, I am. It doesn't matter. I don't think I could have lasted very long with Mr. Hodgkins anyway. He wasn't interested in my abilities. What, what was he interested in? Never mind. Oh, that. Yeah, that, that scene... This kid has been through a lot. And I, maybe I take it back that the mom, look, the mom is being hit on pretty hard by uh, Mr. Hodgkins, who they say his name so many times in this movie. I, I love a movie where... Well, because it's also the name of the bank, too. Yes. So it is, yes. They, it's, it's constantly being t- said. We will uh, actually do a little montage of all the Hodgkins uh, later on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Averill cut together an amazing uh, Hodgkins uh, clip. But um, yeah, the, there's something so weird with this movie because it goes against everything that this movie should be and it keeps on taking detours. And at the same time, Nothing is happening, but the movie is so long. It's almost interminable to get oh through. It's like it's it keeps setting things up that aren't real. So like we were saying, it's at the beginning, Peter Billingsley goes to a dirt bike race. And so you think, okay, he's gonna get a dirt bike, which he immediately does. From a weird man, com- by the way. Can we just talk yes. about this weird oh, that, man? We gotta talk about this creep. This, we gotta talk about this creep at the dirt bike race, who is like the 
the the creep who owns the bike? What who? What is his? What do you think I he's don't like know. Is he God or Santa or a, like a BMX Santa? Santa? <laughs> what I'd give for a bike like that? Oh, that bike is special. Special? Oh yes, but it needs the right rider to make it special. That boy doesn't deserve it. I'm going to have to buy it back. This old man comes up to him at the thing and says, well, that's a very special bike, but it takes a special rider or something like that. And he says it with this real creepy weight. And he's like a stone cold creep. Oh, he looks like he looks like um, uh, what's the gentleman who used to write all those poems? uh, Shel Silverstein. Silverstein. Like like he looks like that mixed with that guy who used to do religious programming on uh, on like PBS, a big white beard. And and just uh, he's very he's too kindly. I didn't trust him because he was almost too kindly and he yeah, and it was uh, also like classic grooming like here have this special <laughs> bite like it, it was yeah. it was really well, uncomfortable that, which is why i was glad he never recurred he never came back well yes. until just, the end until the end when he gives it to another kid but i mean he never came back into peter billingsley's life like oh, yeah. he wasn't like peter billingsley isn't like doing his bidding or peter billingsley doesn't have to interact with him again he's just transactionally there to make well, sure that the that bike true, gets Jason? where it needs to go because at one how, point how I, well because at one point i thought oh the personality of the bike because I thought the bike was pretty creepy and lacked a personality that is that guy like that wait guy a second I, you think that he is the bike I don't think so. Here's why. Because when the bike wants to communicate with Peter Billingsley, he has to use the computer. And if he was the old man, the old man would just show up and be like, I need to tell you this. What if the old man showed up in his window and like, hey. That's what I mean. Like the old man would have said something. But instead, the bike uses the computer to talk to Peter Billingsley. And just uses like pictographs. Like like he accesses the computer to say, computer, Telephone, or he says like telephone lines, <laughs> bank, telephone lines, bank. Like that's how he's communicating with it. Yeah, it's crazy. So anyway, what I was going to say is, so, so at first it seems like it's going to be, oh, he's going to get a bike and then he's going to enter the race yes. and that's what the movie's going to be like. No, then it's about Little League. So it's about his scrappy team that is part of Mike's hot dog store. Bad news bears. Versus, versus, exactly, versus the, the Richie Rich bank team. And so I was like, oh, that's going to be the movie. The movie is going to be, this rivalry between the scrappy yep. bad news bears kids and them. Nope. Yep. That's not the movie that, either. Nope. <laughs> it's really about this kid versus the bank because the bank <laughs> is going to so close crazy. down the hot dog store. And his commitment to it is that it's his baseball team's managers. Like it's the place where they hang out after the games, but it seems like this kid doesn't care that much about baseball when his mother also has a job. Like they never his, play another game. They play a baseball game at minute seven and they never play another game. Okay, and not only that, but like, why do the Richie Rich Bank kids, the Richie Rich Bank kids team also goes to the hot dog store for some after game fun? So wouldn't they, why do they want that bank there? Wouldn't they also want to keep that fun hot dog store? Well, we find out through a tremendous amount of insanity that Stuart Penkin actually has no money. And that he owns land, and when that they're breaking was into the so complicated, uh, we rewound it. it. By the way, we rewound this movie two times. Multi- 
Well, well we were I around. Did, yes, I did too. I, you know what, I kept doing. I kept stopping watching it because I was like, I, "This is crazy. I don't know what's. I'm, I'm, fr- I'm like, I'm like stressed out about this." And I had to stop and come back like 20 minutes later. <laughs> we we after were I watching it down. <laughs> we were watching it on Pluto TV, and they're when about Stuart Pankin. When the woman flees out of Stuart Pankin's window, and he goes, "That's the second one today. I'm going to have to put bars on these windows." And it's the afternoon. I was like, what is this movie? No, I mean, Stuart Pankin uses a dog, uses a dog to trap a woman in his study that he is trying to, I mean, by the way, like I, I believe that he's doing it multiple times a day because when he is trying to woo Peter Billingsley's mom, he pulls out champagne and the champagne doesn't have a pop. It kind of has a, like, it like almost like he shoved it back down. There was a... A lack Ugh. of a pop, which means that he has already tried to give another woman champagne there. Oh, and by yeah, the way, yeah, yeah. why does this bank need such a large building? Like, why okay. would it need like a Nakatomi so, uh, Tower? This gets, something, this gets at something else I want to talk about, which is the movie is 100% small town America. Would you guys agree? Yes. Yes. Right? It feels like everybody knows each other's even business. When everybody he flies, knows each other. Even know when, when he, he flies, flies over the town, it's Los there's, no land, there's no landmarks, though. Like no, no, he goes, he oh, flies, my God, this is a, beautiful. skyscrapers. He's yeah. flying over a city with skyscrapers oh, in it. Oh, you're right. And I'm like, where the fuck is I think right. It's the same they're, green screen they use in Supergirl, by the way. That's, that's what that's, it is. They're flying over Los Angeles, but he lands in, like, Ohio. Yeah. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this doesn't add up at all. Like, I get it. So the, Stuart Pankin seems to be like building a big city bank, but the town is miniature. You know, Again, the town feels why so would small. you need, like, Stuart Pankin's bank seemed very, like... Mom and Pop. There's a, the Mom board and of directors Pop, is like, four people. Right. The board of directors is four people. And the board of directors, and he seems to be the face of the bank in so many ways. So much so that like, like when they walk into the bank, it says like, good rates, good service, good banker. And it's all these really terrible uh, photos they clearly took with Stuart Pankin like during a costume fitting day. Like if you look around at every photo in this, it's like just a tight close up of Stuart Pankin's face. And, they, and they've put it in frames, on walls. It's all over the place. I love that Stuart Pinkin also uh, in the bank. Well, actually, a couple times also during the press conference, he acts as though the models that project what this building is going to look like that will take over Mike's hot dog shop are the thing itself. Yes. Like he yeah. when they get destroyed by the bike because the bike. Right. Yes. Like yes. The main oh, not the actual sequence. like they're not women models. The 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 oh, sorry, the, the, the sort of like <laughs> Wait, were there women models? No, I just for people who are not going to clearly watch this movie, <laughs> oh, 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 uh, I, I wanted to yes, make yes, sure yes. that it was clear that like yes, yeah. um, there are architectural models, architectural yes. models, yes, yes, like little dollhouses. the The main sort of action sequences in this movie are the bike heading into indoor spaces. Like yeah. w- the bike is constantly yeah. <laughs> riding into the bank. Okay, and. And crashing into these model structures. And Stuart Pinkett is behaving as though they, the bank itself has been crashed into or that his project right. has been destroyed because these little sculptures have been destroyed. It is very strange. Oh, oh but by the way, this this reeked of ladybugs to me. Like it felt the same yes. way. Like the, uh, like an uh, an obscene uh, like like loyalty to a like a tabletop uh, you know architecture of what the future will be. And it's oh no 
no, no, my buildings, my buildings. And the motorcycle, I have to say, is very ginger because when it does even jump up on the table and use its front wheel to kind of crash the model, um, it doesn't really destroy it. It just kind of like mm. knocks it down like a house of cards. It's, you know, and And to be clear, like what's happening in the movie is that Peter Billingsley is on the dirt bike. The dirt, this is a motorized, this is a motorcycle. This yes. is a small motorcycle, right? Yeah, this right? is not a BMX bike, yeah. Just so everybody understands, this is not a bike you pedal. This has a motor, and this it goes fast. But Peter Billingsley does between, it. But what, Jason, is the difference between yeah, a motorbike sure. and a motorcycle? I oh, think wow. it's just, uh, my, my guess would be the size of the engine, such that like so like a moped or a motorbike is like it has a smaller engine and can only go so fast and a motorcycle has a bigger engine but that's just that's just me guessing and at what the difference Paul, could be yeah you, the bike that you have downstairs that's considered a what an electric bike <laughs> okay that's so, an electric bike yes so that's like a new thing though like yeah. i don't you know like okay. like uh, the the type of bike this is it to me seems like, like the junior version of what motocross people right. drive. Right. Well, because to me, when I was a dirt kid, courses, you know, I I like I wanted a dirt bike when I was a kid, but I didn't want I didn't like understand this? a you dirt, mean like a no. motorized dirt? No, bike? No, I like oh, I understood okay. a dirt bike to be like a BMX bike. Like it felt like that. I agree. That's but do you how put I gas understood in this it. Thing? Yes. No, well, that one, the one in the movie, yes, because that's that is a motorcycle. The, like the, the one that I wanted was like a B, just was like a BMX bike that just had mm. cooler wheels. And you're like, oh yeah, this is a good dirt bike, um, not a. I believe that when we did rad, those were dirt bikes. Those were not motor. Those bikes. are like those are like BMX bikes. So yes, you're those telling are me what driven. he has is actually not a dirt bike. I think it was probably at the time called a dirt bike or some. I, I, I think we're getting into like the weeds here of yeah. like nomenclature because I mm. think like probably it was reference because re, at the time there was no electronic bike. There were bikes with motors and bikes that you pedal to move. Right? Yeah, dirt bikes and, are definitely how they are portrayed here in this movie. I think for gotcha. for me growing up, dirt bike felt like a pedal BMX bike. I agree. Like, for example, I would have described rad as a dirt bike movie. Yes. You know, but I, but I think very, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a nebulous. Here, here's definition. kind of a thing here. I got, I looked it up. Got it. BMX, a true BMX bike started it all back in the late sixties. They were knockoffs of motocross motorcycles and they were designed for racing over jumps and around berms in the dirt. So what we're talking about is the motor. That's a motocross motorcycle. That's what he has I think he just has a junior version of that. Yes. like a not it doesn't go as fast, not as powerful, perhaps. Yes, because a thirteen-year-old and and by the way, all of the kids in this town, even when it, later at the hot dog shop, <laughs> the hot dog store rather, yeah. <laughs> later Bo is talking to two um, girls their age, and they are also on motorized bikes. Yeah, everybody in this town has it. Every child in this town is on a motorized gasoline-powered vehicle and for fifty bucks, twenty-five miles an hour. I mean, this kid bought this one. The reason why we're introduced to and not a helmet in sight, except for on Peter Billingsley. Oh, and Peter Billingsley, Peter Billingsley has one of the funniest bits in this entire movie, where he constantly can't take on or take off or put on his helmet because his glasses are on his face. So the glasses are constantly being pushed down and he's got to take them off and put them through like the lens area or take them off. Like it, it's a very his helmet, cumbersome. His helmet, yes. His helmet glasses business was pretty funny. I will say it's pretty yes. great. Um, and, and so the way, the way we meet the dirt bike without a name, the Herbie with no name is that he's being abused 
by uh, Max, uh, a, the bully. Dirt, a bully, a dirt bike legend in this town, who takes $50 and and uh, Peter Billingsley's pedal bike and the and the John Candy friend um, makes him a worse deal. He's like, here's 50. Well, first of all, Peter Billingsley goes, I'll give you 50 bucks for this bike. And this kid's like, are you crazy? 50 bucks for a bike. And then the kid, the friend comes over and says, how about you throw in your gear and your helmet? And he gives you the other bike and the $50 to which Peter Billingsley says, but this is my last $50. But two seconds ago, he had offered up the $50 to buy the bike. He's getting a good deal. I think he's getting a good deal. I mean, that dirt I bike mean, is worth more than 50 bucks. Let's be very clear. The, the bike is, A, sentient and full of magic, well, so he gets a very good deal. Yeah. Here's my question about the bike. So do you think do you think the bike was throwing Max off of itself because it was the yes. wrong? Okay, so it definitely was. Oh, yeah. What, what, we, the bike, under, what yeah. we find out, what we find out is that the bike, because the bike can drive itself. The bike can, the, keep in mind, in the middle of the day throughout this movie, the bike with nobody on it is driving through this town. Like the bike drives out of the bike shop after the mom sells it and goes and finds Peter mm-hmm. Billingsley at the baseball field. Creepy. That bike was unmanned. There was nobody on it. And it went all the way. And nobody the bike is like, goes hey, to jail. This bike is arrested and goes to jail. Twice in this movie, police officers handcuff the bike like it's a perp. (laughs) And no one one reacts to this bike being sentient in any way. Like, I I will still go on uh, and uh, just say that that it never... Does Peter Billingsley say, oh, mom, my bike can fly? Like, that seems to be, like, just yet another interesting thing. Like, like I get, like, look, I get the sentient. I get controlling... (laughs) the uh the internet and the computers i'm kind of losing it at flying like it becomes oh, a the, fl- the flying is crazy cuz what you're i think what you're meant to assume is peter billingsley is doing nothing he's right. just sitting on the bike the bike does everything i don't think he knows how to drive the bike i don't i think the bike is doing all of the work and he's just a passive passenger now, would you agree? Yes, I would agree. Now, here's my argument. The only reason why I think this bike would get this worked up is if the hot dog store was a gas station. Sure. Because they were taking away the gas station. Like, like why did, what, well, what vested interest does the bike have in, in saving the, the yeah, and saving the bike this? seems to be, the bike seems to be somehow wanting to help Peter Billingsley's character. It's kind of like, isn't this kind of like E.T.? The bike wants to help Peter Billingsley's character with his journey, but the bike is too much, and he has but, to keep kind of pulling it back from exposing itself or from going too far. But wouldn't the, his journey be to get his mother a job so they could actually have some money and groceries? I don't know. I, I mean, agree, but he seems more interested in helping the hot dog store. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Well, he seems does to be irrationally... Well, it's a long way. It's we got a long road to get there, but she does end up taking on the hot dog store as a client. Now, what her For what? role is, I don't know because it's what? she's unemployed. She, well, but she says she has a line where she says, "I'm so happy to take you on as a client." Yes, and. I was trying to wrap my mind around like what, and then he sort of takes her in the store to see all of the changes she's implemented right. in the hot dog store. But what is her job? 
You know, she at the beginning of the movie, in the very first scene, Peter Billingsley's watching TV and she's on the phone at, with the bank because they're going to give her a job interview. And she says, yes, I can do this. I can do that. I've done this before. I've done that before. So everything you need, I can do. And so I am assuming it's some sort of marketing, um, marketing publicity, something in that realm um, okay. that she was going to do at the bank, was willing to do at the bank if they had hired her, if Stuart Pankin hadn't been such a creep. And now she's doing it for um, Mike's hot dog and shop. And Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike has as much money to hire her and keep her on payroll? I, that I don't know. I mean, that, when that we I can't see quite her, it seems out. all she's doing is like setting up the red ribbon, you know, to cut through. Yeah. But I mean... I, I, I listen. I'm glad she's employed because oh God, Paul's right. I'm sure by Paul's definition, perhaps she'll be a better mother now. Jeez. I mean, look. I just feel like, <laughs> uh, look. I was a latchkey kid. My mom never made me do all of these things. And also, I have you to never, say, you did cook for yourself. I did at a certain point. You're right. I did. But I feel like bacon was. You know, there were certain things that I was you better at cooking. You draw the line of bacon. Well, I guess I cooked. So your so your real problem was just <laughs> the bacon. I just felt like she really burdened him with this bacon in the morning. Like it's Saturday morning. It's a, Paul, this kid's. He Paul. is not responding. She called him five million times. And she he was cut not the responding. Re- well, I mean, look, this mother cut the cord to the remote control, not the TV. By the way, too. I mean, if you remember that kind of old school TV, the remote oh was God. connected. Oh my God! Here you go with by- the cords again, and what cord <laughs> needs to be. Connected. Connected to what cord? We get it. Uh, we get it. You know cords. June, June you know is June is shooing away this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I just wanted. I, I don't know. I just wanted her. Like I feel like the mom actually was very cool. I'm not. I don't have any issues with the mom. So you're at. You're saying that God, the mom is the real villain really of this movie, like... not Stuart Pankin. That the mom is the villain. Paul. I just feel. Yeah. If you, if the kids did not look up or even acknowledge that you were screaming their names and asking for help over and over and over again, Mm. like, wouldn't you freak out? I wouldn't destroy my own TV because then how would I get to watch my stories? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that what she was trying to teach him was like, yeah, young man, like get in the kitchen and learn how to cook and learn how to do all of these things. Right, right. She says, don't you hear the smoke alarm? I mean, he's he's dreaming about, you know, he's dreaming about, uh, about, well, again, this movie the dirt does bike race. the dirt he bike race. He just saw the, tr- the commercial for the dirt bike race, didn't yeah. he? Wasn't that it or something? Yes. Yeah, and you know, maybe he maybe he needs a moment to daydream. You know, they always say the creatives need a moment to daydream. You know, maybe wow. he just needs a moment. You wow. know, if he wasn't if he wasn't open to this, maybe he would never so have gotten to the place to get the bike to get his mom a so job that, working in advertising, so that he can start doing comedy and he can figure out how to start <laughs> podcasting and and really figure out how to get his life going. It's really interesting how much you identify with the Jack character. I'm just saying that Jack, you know, is a little bit misunderstood. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I do also... I, I am, Listen, by the way, if he had continued to watch TV, like, we wouldn't have a movie. Yes. You know, if she kept that cord in wow, the right spot. Yeah, you're right, you're right. If he continued to watch TV, he wouldn't have... If his mom hadn't made him do the grocery shopping... Mm-hmm. Which you have criticized her for, Paul. That over she's making him do. You, you said all, <laughs> all of the grocery shopping. Fifty bucks if to he, say your last fifty bucks to give to a fourteen-year-old and expect them to go there without. Oh, so a now car. he's fourteen. Well, now 12. he's fourteen. Interesting. Interesting. 
Um, so he has to do. So the mom is the villain, this poor kid. But if she hadn't forced him out of the house, he would never have gone. The creep yep. would have never set him up with the bike. Mm. He would never have gotten mm. it from the bully. And he would never have flown and saved the day and become the hero that he became. So maybe the mom is the hero. Okay. All right. You've have you you definitely you know you definitely have opened my eyes to something. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do think that the mom was very chill when he did say, um, "Hey, mom, I lost the last fifty dollars." She never got mad. The mom was pretty even keeled uh, for the last fifty dollars to be spent and her to have no reaction, and for her to also just be—I mean, I guess she's negligent. She puts the Walkman on, doesn't know that this boy has disappeared for the entire night, flying, literally flying around, being chased by the police. She's just bopping around on her Walkman, listening to like Simply Red or something. And uh, you know, I just feel like this mom should just know where her wow. kids are. Paul. Wow. Wow. I, I cannot, I can no longer stand for this. Like she is doing the very best she can. She takes an interview at like 10 PM at night. Well, all the interviews <laughs> in this movie are wild because it seems like he's watching TV. It's Saturday in the morning. He's eating potato chips. She's making bacon. She's on the phone doing a full interview with the bank on a Saturday morning for a advertising position. <laughs> I mean, look, yeah. there's, no, there's it, some timeline issues. They're, they're, yeah, no, they're, they also do that thing where, like, things are happening in the middle of the day that would absolutely be happening at night. It makes no sense. And you she know, doesn't like, react. Like, her son literally runs into this office. I mean, yes, he saves her from an assault. But uh, but also, that like, her son's on a motorcycle running through the bank and an office. And she never seems to be like, what is going on? I mean, she doesn't seem to be overly concerned or is she well it would be one thing if her son showed up at the bank because of an emergency right right okay now that he shows up at the bank inside the bank inside Stuart pankin's office on the motorbike and then the motorbike destroys the model uh not helena christensen but the model yeah. bank the architectural <laughs> model like i would feel like the mom would be would have every right to absolutely ground him and get rid of that bike, but not the case. Like, she's very, uh, very forgiving of him, you know, in a generous way. She seems very generous. I mean, look. But because yeah. he is, he, he is, his behavior is insane. Well, I mean, that's, know, a, that's what I'm saying, June. And, I, and thank you, Jason, behavior. for getting on my side here, because again, I'm going to say that. I'm not on your side. I, I, you she's, are, and I she's, really. She's a saint. She's she, doing Well, she cuts the job. cord. She's she cuts doing the, the best cord she on the, She cuts the cord on the TV. I for think that's what you're mad at. You know, if not hearing. I think you're mad that she cut off his TV. That's it. Is, That's it right there. It, all I want You're is like, my ladies to be more like Mrs. Covell. I want Mrs. Covell. I want more Miss Covell's. Uh, less. Wait, uh, do you mean Mrs. Clovell? Oh, Clovell. Yes, I want more Mrs. Clovell. <laughs> I just kept on saying Covell because of the local uh, wine Which bar. Which is the here name of a wine bar in L.A. Yes, I want Mrs. Uh, more Mrs. Uh, Clovell. Uh, oh I thought God. that I loved her relationship with Mike. I thought that there was something steamy there. I thought there was a love there. I thought that as an adult watching this movie, I'm like, I get this is a this is a kids movie, but it's got There's a deeper, for you. yeah, yeah, a deeper emotion. Uh, the movie, here. the movie definitely <laughs> obeys kid logic. Like the movie is not interested in adult logic or adult normal adult storytelling. It is kid logic. Except like that's what Jason yeah, for the sort of like trying to understand the corporate holdings of the bank and what, <laughs> what exactly. Well, that, but that's. Actually, I would argue it's so confusing that because it is kids kid don't logic. understand yeah, it. Yeah, I guess you're kid, right. It, it is kid logic because they literally, it's at a certain point, it's just jargon that kids don't understand. 
But it's you know, like tough when, yeah. because it's when like Bo, it's sort of what he's supposed to. It's it's what Jack is supposed to nail him on. Like we yeah. know you're doing this, and I, Paul and I watched that scene three times, and I was like, doing what? What does he do? What? What is it? What's the what here? Okay, so my basic understanding <laughs> go ahead, is go ahead. that. Stuart Pankin. It wasn't is, like a WeWork situation. I haven't seen the documentary, but oh, like how I don't WeWork know what was, the WeWork situation is. Uh, basically, like owning real estate and then renting it back to themselves or whatever yes, they were doing. I think that's yes. exactly what he's doing. Yes. 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 Okay. So he was doing, he, he was positioning himself, even though he had the pocket watch and the giant mansion, uh, he was not as rich as he appeared. He only had $1,000 in the bank, but he owned property that he was going to have the bank buy, but he actually owned it. So he was going to make more money. But it even seemed like the money was low. Like the bank, the plot of land seemed like it was $5,000. Like, $500,000. Oh, $500,000. Okay. So, yeah. um, so he was going to make a lot of money there. I don't know where his money was spent. I mean, clearly he's financing baseball teams. He has time to leave work to go to baseball games with a cane. Did he have a cane? Or I'll be I honest. The, the thing that is the most uh, upsetting for him as in terms of being a good manager is when Bo, the pervy friend, and Jack go to the computer lab, which is where, question mark? Yeah. I don't know where they go. The library? They go, they go someplace. No, it's the middle of the night. Oh, they right. go someplace in the middle of the night, and they go to a computer lab, and they hack the bank system. Um and 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 when they do, they just wreak havoc. Like Bo gives like the widow in town a million dollars. You know, they just start like and very that war to games, me is, like very war games esque, yes. right? Like okay, now we can control everything. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, Stuart Pankin doesn't seem to be upset that there's a million dollars that's going to the wrong place. He's just focused on getting his own half a million dollars. I, I was like, I don't I understand do not, this at all. I, I don't. Know. Well, because it's FDIC insured. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, now June. <laughs> I will Bit, just, are you doing a Hodgkin's Bank commercial I'm right just, now? Or is I'm this just, episode look, sponsored by Hodgkin's Bank? I just think that Hodgkin's has his, his head on straight. He supports the town. And you know what? Who needs that uh, those hot dogs when you can get, uh, you know, I'm sure the bank would probably have like a nice little Starbucks in the front or something like that. And the kids could eat something a little bit more healthy, like a, an egg and some fruit. Uh, no, not cool. Not cool, man. <laughs> oh, so sorry. With me right here? So With sorry. With me right here? Wow. So wow. sorry. That wow. was... Oh, so you want... Oh, so you'd violent. like there to be some sort of egg shop, an egg store. <gasps> you want there to be an egg store in front of the bank? Would you get an egg store in that bank? mom was, like, asked him to fry a bunch of eggs? Oh, oh man, right in front of me. Oh my God! Now and now, you know what? You come down on me. I want to throw the. I want to throw June back. You're under in the, the pocket bus. of big egg. I am a you know a little bit. Look, the the uh, lovely people who sponsor all of our egg programming here. Uh, I thank the Egg Federation for giving us a large amount of hives. money. A large I have amount. Hives. <laughs> I have to get my EpiPen. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know there are things that we need to get off our chest. Maybe someone in your life a loved one, is driving you crazy, but they don't mean to be driving you crazy and you want to vent and you want to get it out, but you just don't want to drop it on them because you're not really mad at them. Maybe you're mad at yourself because we all have these things that set off our stressors, right? We keep them bottled up and they start to affect us and we start to then affect other people because our energy is off. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a questionnaire, you get matched, and then guess what? If you don't like your therapist, you can switch to another licensed therapist at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bonkers today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bonkers.
When you travel, do concerns back home nag at you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? Well, if they do, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. That's right. For award-winning security and peace of mind wherever you go, Simply Safe wants to be there with you by actually not going there at all, but staying at your house. Listen, Newsweek ranked it the best customer service in home security. Plus, it gives you whole home protection sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. Plus, a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, no contracts, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. I'm going to tell you this. It's worth it for the peace of mind to know that when I'm on tour, when I'm out there in the UK, I can check in in on my house. And with the time difference between LA and Europe, I loved having the 24-7 professional monitoring service in case something happened when I was asleep or, or not reachable. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash bonkers. That's simplysafe.com slash bonkers. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I was traveling with my kids, we stopped to get breakfast at Shake Shack. And my kids said, mom said we can have milkshakes. And I was so tired. It didn't make sense to me, but I was like, if June says the kids can have milkshakes, I'll get them milkshakes. I got them milkshakes. June's like, I never said that. And you know what? I felt ripped off. I felt ripped off by my own kids. And that's the feeling I don't ever like to have. I never like to get ripped off by anyone. And that's why Harry's started their company of Harry's Razors, because they saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry, and they decided to do something better. That's right. They decided to do a razor that had a great price, high customer satisfaction, that had a no-risk trial, and they have other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors, okay? I love the body wash, and they have deodorant that smells damn good. I gotta tell you, I love these razors. They are perfect, and now I am a paying subscriber. That's right. So do not settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3. That's right. Go to harrys.com slash bonkers. That's harrys.com slash bonkers for a $3 trial set. June, you, I want to just say, I don't want to call you out for this, but okay. you... I think didn't like the way that Peter Billingsley played baseball either. I mean, we did rewind that section of the movie quite a few times because you felt now that listen, Peter Billingsley. Yeah. I was not to make anyone uncomfortable here, but I was an umpire. For wait, wait, softball what? Games. Wait, wait a second. I've never. I, I was waiting for you to say I did play softball. Well, you I did play softball. That's what I. That's what I assumed too. Yes, I did play softball, and I was also an umpire, and so a junior I, ump. At, I was at what a, age? I was a regular ump. Like when I was a teenager during the summer, I um, but I for umped. like younger kids, right? For like kids this age, uh, like when yeah, you like were kids this age older, who were playing yeah, 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 okay. softball. You were umping. Okay. I never knew that wow. you were an umper. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't. I think I did it one summer. And so, how many I, games, June? Like, let's let's get like four. Well, I did make one very bad call. That, to be quite honest, like. Oh kind boy. of haunts me. <laughs> like this is real Let, talk. It really does. Like really? I don't know what I was thinking. Let's get I made into a bad it. What call. was it? I I it was sort of. I think it was the infield fly rule that I was always. I was always a bit fuzzy on, and I don't know. I really don't know know what happened. I don't. I don't actually know what the yeah. infield fly rule is. Truth, I'm being serious. Well, don't look it up yet. But I believe yeah. the infield fly rule was that if. In softball, it's hit um, in the infield, and it's up, and it's like 
it's go it's going to sort of be lobbed into the infield that it's automatically called out. So you call the out before someone catches it. Huh. Okay, so to, okay, would you like me to tell you what it is? I, I, sure. That's my I memory. Genuinely, okay. I'm being serious. I genuinely Never don't know this. Um, I played Little League, but my father once told me he was the coach. He said, <laughs> I knew that you weren't really interested because I put you at shortstop, and when I looked over, you were practicing moonwalking. <laughs> that is... In great. the middle of a game. In the middle of a game, I was practicing my moonwalking. Breakdancing, uh, that's all I cared about. In the position that's like, get some most action. Yep. Nope. Just moonwalking. <laughs> yeah, no time Just like, out there trying to yeah, perfect the, present, the moonwalk. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So this is the rule, June, and I think you're kind of right, which is the infield fly rule is a rule of baseball and softball that treats certain fly balls certain as fly though balls. caught. Before that ball is caught, even if the infielder fails to catch it or drops it on purpose, the umpire's declaration of an infield fly means the batter is out and all force plays are removed regardless of whether the ball is caught. The rule exists solely to prevent the defense from executing a double play or triple play by deliberately failing to catch a ball that an infielder could catch with ordinary effort. Yes. So. Oh, even even you explaining that, I'm a little confused. But okay, cool. Yeah, but, but that, that so it just says like a, a ball batted a ball batted into the air subjects base runners to a dilemma. If the ball is caught, they must return to their original base. If not caught, the batter becomes a runner, oh, and certain runners are forced okay, to advance to the next base. Base runners uh, study the field and it's advance only to, like, far enough. Equitably, yeah. kind of even out. I get. I, I understand yeah. okay. that a little more now. So yeah. okay. So I think I call. I either didn't call it or I called it when I shouldn't have. And it Got was it. for it was like a winning in in, oh in sort of yeah in the final moment. And my dad my dad saw me do it and he was really upset. And the coaches and parents were screaming at me. I mean, I had to like run oh. to run to my car to get out of there. And I also knew it was wrong, but I didn't. <laughs> Wait, were you know. being chased by an angry mob? <laughs> Pretty a much. Long Island mob. I knew a Long it was Island. wrong, but I also didn't know how. My umpire training did not. I guarantee you went to an me. afternoon of umpire training well, and you refed but I, but and I did, did two games. I did not prepare me for the scenario in which you make the wrong call and then you want to back out of it. Undo yeah. it. Undo yeah. it, but I don't know what that rule's called. <laughs> you know, so you can't I undo of, a rule. Like you need another ump to con- yeah. Um well let me ask you this, June. Let me tell let me tell you this. Um there, there are many things that you are not only good at, but amazing at. Well, uh, and, but it seems to me that uh, umpiring is not one of them because you adamantly and, and watched it four <laughs> times on replay, uh, accused Peter Billingsley of being out. And well, you were upset with this, and you kept on rewind. You kept on going, rewind it, rewind it, rewind it, rewind it. Well, that's, that's, your umpi- that's your umpire training come into play. And I, I said, see it in slow mo. And I said to her, give, I go, me the, I, give me that instant replay. Yeah. And and I said to her, I go, June, he's blocking the base. That's the issue. And you go, no, he got him out. I go, but he's blocking the base. So I think the problem was, and this is the same problem that Mrs. Clavel had, I think, which was perspective. I couldn't quite see where the base was. And so to me, it looked like he, like, I don't know why Peter Billingsley was trying to slide from that far away. Like if I were him, I would have either. It's just hard because I did think that catcher was just simply trying to catch the ball. 
but he was well here's what's interesting here's what's interesting and i think the movie tells us something by making the catcher the bad kid max yes the bully so the bad guy is the catcher so i think we're meant to believe and infer from that he would cheat you know, mm. or he would be in the wrong because he's he's because he's on the bank guys clearer? team. Because here's how it would be clear if he if they had set it up so that they were he was directly the catcher was directly behind the base, caught the ball, and then instead of jumping on the base, like jumped on what's his face as he was sliding in. But that's not the way they shot it, so well, it was he genuinely unclear. He, well, because it's not, the bases aren't loaded. So he has to hit Peter Billingsley. He can't just touch home base and get him out. Oh, you're right. I can't believe I forgot that as an umpire. Well, by the way, wow. I just, I did look up here that umpires <laughs> can reverse calls, June, by the way. I wish I had known that. I'm telling do you, you, wanna, there's certain, you know, do you want to make some calls no, right now? <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad to say it in a public forum because there's certain things in life where you just like regret things you did, you know, and I, I have a list of things that I really regret having done. And this Any that involved me. No. Well, yeah, of course. Just things that, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Not things like things that I've done. Yeah, absolutely. I have tons of regrets. But that moment was one of them because I, I knew it was wrong and I didn't know what to do. So I ran away. Um, but you're right, Jason. So he had to tag him. But it, so. But you're right in the sense that the argument that they're making in the movie that 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 sad coach Mike, who owns Mike's hot dog store, is arguing is that the kid was blocking the base, is that Max, the bully, was blocking home plate. And and by the way, we also are told that this is a this kid is as bad as Stuart Penkin because Stuart Penkin goes, "Ooh, you could become a bank manager one day. Like, you know, he likes he likes that kind of moxie on a kid. (laughs) Can we just maybe talk about a little bit more about um I mean, the end is just so long. That bike ride is so stupid. Uh, but I do want to talk about the relationship because we did talk about Mike and how beaten down Mike is. And I think that his arc, as far as anyone's arc in this movie, is the most well thought out. It's the most beautifully told. It's, it is really, truly uh, a masterful uh, you know, story of love and, and uh, between him and Mrs. Clavel. And I think that, like, first of all, I love that they put in 1985 a woman in uh, a position of power by being a little league coach, you know, and she was, uh, you know, kind of in a world where I think that she didn't get as much respect and then she gets a lot of respect and she helps him find respect for himself. I mean, I I'm all in on this relationship. Wait, can I say one thing about her position? Because I was excited. Listen, as a female umpire, I'm always thrilled to see women in sports. Um, But I I was confused when what's the bank guy's name again Stuart Stuart Pinkin yeah. when Stuart Pinkin is talking to his board of trustees and they're taking a vote to figure out if women can play in their softball league is he yeah. referring to the kids little league if he or is, is there also an adult? No, I think league? it's the kids, and he calls the little kids bimbos, the little girls he says, bimbos. He says bye bye bimbos. He says bye bye bimbos. Bye bye. Well, I was bimbos. like, whoa. About like either twelve year old or ten year old girls. Well, that Jack's team had girls on it. I, I did notice that Jack's team. Yeah, well, that's all I did. Yes, I at least one. I saw at least one girl. So, so yes, there are girls on the. Little League team, but I was also unclear as to whether they were talking about the Little League team or the like an adult league. But I assume it's the Little League team. Um, yeah, and that they're got- keeping they're keeping the Hodgkins Bank team, you know, uh, uh, girl free. 
Interesting uh, by, by that Paul's they would keep all bimbos. the players male, but then have a woman coach them. Well, it seems as though Mr. Hodgkins, uh, Stuart Pankin, seems to think that Miss Clavel is like doing his bidding. Uh, you know, that's why that's why when right. um, when the umpire makes the bad call and Mike is like, Miss Clavel, come on, you saw. Uh, she says, uh, I didn't have a good viewpoint or I did. She kind of she kind of knows that Stuart Pankin needs them to win. She knows that her so bread is buttered. A little bit. So I feel like she's a little bit at the beginning of the movie, but she feels really bad because she's trying to warn Mike that they're going to foreclose on him. And he keeps putting her off. You know, he keeps right. being like, tell me later. Let's talk about it later or whatever. And she keeps trying to tell him of this thing she heard at the bank, which turns out to be that his hot dog store is going to be closed, which means who knows where people are going to have their, but we're going to buy their hot dogs and have food fights. They're post game. You know, yeah, they're post game hot dogs. Oh, God. I mean, there's so much. It's overwhelming. Like, Stuart Pankin on the back of the bike, the pie fight, the the bulldozer versus dirt bike fight. I mean, by the way, there's a lot of Supergirl stuff in this movie. There's bulldozers. There's flying around a city. Uh, There's a lot. I've completely forgotten about Supergirl. I mean, I I know it was like two months ago. Yeah, I I did too, but I I feel like there are similarities. (laughs) I'm just going to go out and say it. I think you're right. Um, I do still want to play a little bit of Mike, uh, just Mike kind of regaining his confidence. Here. What about the spirit you put in those kids? You never let them quit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I am quitting, aren't I? What? Uh, when the when the tough? No, no. When when the going gets tough, the uh, the uh, the tough get going. Ah, it's not over till it's over. I mean, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. This fight isn't over yet. I gotta believe what I've been telling these kids all along. Now you're talking. It also reminded me of Maximum Overdrive. Mm. Oh, you're right. It has some elements. There's so many, so many, uh, so many vehicles without drivers. You know, yes. um, <laughs> I yes. want to get into this. With, why it's bold to make. I mean, this Herbie, I believe, is the spirit of a race car driver inside inside a car. I'm pretty sure I'm going to look oh, at it right okay. now because I, I don't think it's just a sentient car. I thought like, a, like somebody dies and then, well, that's um, the th- okay. So that's a great point, which is we never learn the story of the bike. Yeah. Like nor the dad, I, 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 nor the dad. At one Although point, the did dad, you think the, the dad was the bike? Oh, no. like Jack Frost. Yeah. Oh, I never, th- Oh, that's interesting. Oh, uh, that's cool. No, I, I didn't. Uh, that would have been interesting. But then that's that's not that's proven not true by the fact that the bike then responds to at the end of the movie, a new kid mm. gets the bike and the bike right. takes him on it, presumably takes him on an adventure. Um, but that what I felt like was missing was like there, there's no curiosity. Jack or anybody else seems to have no curiosity as to why the bike is alive, why the bike is doing this, where, where is, what is the story of this bike? And the old man, the creepy old man seems to be the only keeper of this knowledge and he just doesn't share it. Like I was, I kept thinking, oh, at the end of the movie, that old man's going to show up again and he's going to tell us the, the story of the bike, right? you know, and we'll get, we'll get some closure on this, but instead the bike just seems to be like a magic talisman that goes from kid to kid, like, turning them into a hero i guess i don't know yeah it seems like herbie is not the the the, he's just a sentient car it's just a car that you know uh it doesn't seem like we know why 
So, okay. yeah, so I guess so this, this is follows the same this, idea. I mean, there is a Herbie the Love Bug movie where he gets possessed, but that seems different by Jewel Thieves. Uh, oh, my God. But, um, oh, my God. But here's a little bit. There of, are bikers in this movie. There oh are real motorcycle bikers. Oh, my God. A biker bikers? becomes a banker. Which, a biker to banker. Yeah, one of <laughs> whom says banker. about the kid, he says, I'm going to light this kid on fire. Oh, God. <laughs> like, can you imagine being a kid watching this movie and being like, wait, oh. adults can light kids on fire? By the way, that's is that, an, a, is that an option? By the way, that's another reason why it's similar to Supergirl, because those like uh, those truckers kind of try to beat up Supergirl. And these bikers have no problem like beating the shit out of a 14 year old kid. No, sure don't. Um, I will oh, say and these yeah. are like 40 year old men. Oh, yeah. Big you know, on, men. on motorcycles. Wasn't it called, his know? name Mr. Slimy or something like that? <laughs> Like, so, yeah, so yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, um, something. I, I did. I did like when they. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of destruction in this uh, town, especially when the cop with the uh, with the sidecar. Oh. I mean, it's cop with a sidecar. That cop was funny. I will say. Yes, that I thought cop so too. Was funny. I also he thought the like 500 year old security guard was funny. Who clearly also was funny. ADR'd yes. by a, somebody in the booth doing an old man voice. Hey, you kids, get out of here. <laughs> clearly was not his voice, but it was like the, the person who was sound mixing was like, I, I can do it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Give him two lines. Um, all, of the poli- all of the police stuff was like pure like Simpsons, Chief Wiggum level police I mean, work. It, it was is, really making me laugh. It is so good. Uh, all right. Well, obviously we had an opinion about this movie, but there are people out there with a different opinion. It is now time for Second Opinions. The movie was a piece of shit Yet this person recommends it Tell me what is the message Maybe that art is subjective I need a second opinion Nate Kiley uh, did some uh, some good work this week. Um, there are 253 reviews of the Dirt Bike Kid, uh, and uh, the the average 81 percent are five star reviews. 81 percent love this movie, but you're going to see a little bit of a trend coming up here. To the first one, kind of makes sense from Trevor C. Trevor C. writes, "Good movie as a kid, still okay." And even better, after a joint. If you were a boy that wanted a dirt bike and watched this in the 80s, grab a fat joint and a 40-year-old-y and enjoy. Five stars. Uh, that's that's what we got there. <laughs> wow. Now, uh, this, this person is like... <laughs> I love that this whole review is like, get fucked up and watch this movie. I mean, I, there, there's definitely a way to watch it. Now, this one, uh, as Nate uh, points out, is one of the most chilling reviews I've ever seen. Um says, bought this for a co-worker, and she has watched it multiple times, and so have her kids. Five stars. Uh, huh. It feels like that, and a Pankin-level, like, forcing uh, a movie onto somebody. It doesn't feel like that person wanted to watch this movie. Didn't Although, feel like- I'll be honest, if I was working someplace and somebody as a secret Santa gift gave me the Dirt Bike Kid, I might be like, oh, thanks, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll get it. I'll get into it. Now, here's where it gets uh, pretty interesting. This uh, is this is from Enzane. Uh, the title is "Fun Movie for Kids." Uh, guess you had to be there. And the the review is: While this movie is not a big kids film, low budget, and came out without a lot of fanfare when it hit theaters, I worked on the film, and my son was the scorekeeper. So what am I gonna say? Uh, I waited for this film to come out on DVD, and it went straight to Blu-ray. I have a dusty copy of the original video, which my son had a hard time finding. It was fun to see again. Five stars. 
And then okay. followed immediately by Candy Overby, who writes, I had a little part in this movie, so I bought it for my kids. Five stars. Well, that's also cute. People are people are getting in here, giving it five stars because they're in it, simply because they're in it. And that we should do that more. And then finally, Jared B. writes, I uh, love this movie better than Herbie. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> So there we go. Better than Herbie. Putting Herbie on blast. <laughs> if you were in this movie, you gave it five stars. Uh, and if you you hate Herbie, uh, you're giving it five stars. Uh, yeah, like I said, the budget was $800,000. Oh, wow. um, uh, but the director's... What year? 85. And the director says they sold 100,000 VHS copies of it, which uh, I believe to be true only because... I recognize this DVD, and it was written by uh, David Brandes, who wrote on Fraggle Rock, and also it was a story by the person who wrote Chopping Mall, uh, Julie Corman. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Uh, was this was this before or after Christmas Story? I meant to look mm. back. I have a feeling it was after Christmas Story, because uh, okay. I think it was... Because I was yeah. wondering, it was two years after, says Molly in okay. the chat. Okay, thank you, Molly. Um, okay, that's interesting. So this is, because Peter Billingsley, I feel like is like that movie I remember being like genuinely popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that, that was a, a real big movie. Um, so this is the next, one of the next things that's fascinating. This is like, okay. this is like his, uh, his, you know, he's like going to take that Christmas story success and bring it to uh, a different market, the, the BMX market. Um, all right. Final thoughts, June, Jason, do you, do you recommend this movie? <sighs> you know, no, go ahead. No, that's, I mean, no, no, <laughs> no, that's it. No is a complete sentence. No is the wow. answer. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say yes, I think. Wow. I mean, I would say yes, yes, but fast forward. You know, like, it, there's stuff in here that's like you don't need to watch, but like, there's some genuine silliness in this. There is some like real, and maybe it's just because it really was hitting 80s nostalgia for me in a way um, that I was enjoying. And it had like that, like a lot of silliness in Mm. it that I was on board for, but, but it's by no means like a great movie, but I I would say yes, just to be like, just to get an eyeball on what we're talking about. I would say like, throw it on and, you know, scrub through and you might, you, you, there's some stuff in here. I am firmly in the middle of both of you because I found it to be like if someone out there did like a super cut of this movie, it would be really fun to watch. What I found to be interminable about this film was we watched it on Pluto TV. So we had to sit through commercials Oh God! and it made the movie so much longer to watch oh my God. No way. commercials no and way. commercials and I commercials. It's a, I rented it on Amazon. Oh, see, I should have just done that. I don't know why. Sometimes it was so Apple jarring TV just, to see those commercials, oh, but it was did also, not like it. It was also the Paul the break I needed. Okay, so you needed to yeah. <laughs> yeah. I found myself really checked out at the end. Like the race scene went on for far Same. too long, but I did like some elements of it. And look, Stuart Pankin is playing a creep, and we have not revealed him to be a creep in real life. And I do feel like he really cornered the market on embracing and playing these roles very well. Like there's something about Stuart Pankin that I always will love. Like I feel like I used to watch not necessarily oh. the news as a kid so Terrific. much. And uh, yeah. yeah. So even though we keep on calling him a creep, uh, I think he's really, he's uh, chewing we're, we're the scenery in the best Mr. way. Hodgkins. Yes. I'm we're just talking saying, about, but, even though we're using his name, we're, yes. we're talking about the, the oh, character. I, Mr. But, but I just want to say like, I just want to call out that I do think that he is effectively uh, like, Making the most out of what he's got here, like what oh, sure. truly? Uh, oh, I think he's doing a great performance. Yeah. I think I think the mom is great. I think there's a lot of really funny performances. Yeah, in there. I like I them all. It's, it's 
yeah, you know, <laughs> but it's it's nuts. This uh, movie is nuts. So for June, uh, it's definitely a pass because of the the umping, uh, but also a pass because <laughs> of the plotting. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just had a hard time with this one. It didn't hit correctly. All right. So I think that if you can find a supercut, I think then Jason and I are probably on the same page there. Um, all right. So is there anything that you want to uh, plug, talk about, tell anybody to uh, listen to, check out? So two things. If you live in California, I'd urge you to vote on September 14th, Election Day. Um, I voted no on the recall of Gavin Newsom, not because I'm crazy about Gavin Newsom, but because uh, we simply, if you're a progressive Democrat in the state, have no choice and absolutely need to keep him in office. The other thing I want to talk about is uh, the Jane Club just launched a new membership called the Sprinter Jane. And Sprinter Janes have access to our daily work sprints, which are Monday through Friday, and they are two hours a day of pure just flow and focus and accountability. Um, You work with a facilitator, you meet in community, they set a timer, you go through your to-do lists and it's just incredible. So head to janeclub.com and if you put in code SPRINT, you get 20% off your Sprinter Jane membership, which just comes out to $20 a month and it's just a wonderful way if you're struggling to get shit done right now to um, get through your to-do lists. I love it. Jason, uh, what about Um, you? um, If you, I have a small part in Steve Conrad's stop motion animation show on AMC called Ultra City Smiths. It's fantastic and really interesting if you liked Patriot uh, or any of his other stuff. Um, Also in a couple of weeks, I am in, uh, I'm a voice in the new Star Trek animated series Prodigy uh, that's going to be coming on uh, pretty soon. So it's like, it's super adventure Star Trek kind of With Kate Mulgrew, right? Kate Mulgrew, is that the one? Yes. It's it's Captain Janeway is the, it's her character. And then it is a group of of teenage like adventurers. And and she is kind of helping. She is like there, the person who's sending them on adventures. And it's fucking gorgeous and awesome. I'm very excited. I'll continue the Star Trek plugs and say that uh, if you're not watching Lower Decks right yet, do it. It's on Paramount Plus. I am in it. An amazing cast of people, uh, including Tony Newsom and Eugene Cordero and Jerry O'Connell and Jack Quaid from The Boys. Uh, it's a super funny Star Trek that is also very true to Star Trek Next Generation, uh, created by uh, Mike McMahon, who uh, is the co-creator of Solar Opposites and uh, and was running Rick and Morty for a little bit of time. So it's a very funny, uh, cool show that is right now uh on Paramount Plus. So if you have a chance to get Paramount Plus, get Paramount Plus. Check it out. And you can always check out uh, me and Rob Hubel on Twitch every Thursday night at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern with a whole bunch of fun guests. Uh, It's kind of like a visual podcast, talk show, whatever you want to call it. It's fun. It's free. You don't need to get Twitch. It's just available. And if you like this show, our show, uh, make sure you head on over to our Discord and get the conversation going and continue to keep the conversation going. It's discord.gg slash hdtgm. Uh, we also have a Discord for the Twitch uh, show as well. Um, and there's brand new shirts in our store. We got 
uh, ratcheted out shirts. We got, uh, we have uh, a lot of shirts. Uh, where does the butt start? Because uh, of that mannequin re-release. So check out our store, tpublic.com slash stores uh, slash HDTGM. A big thank you to other person who picks all of our movies every uh, every single week. That's Avril Halley, our, our, our movie producer picker. Uh, and she's got a great uh, YouTube channel called Movie Bitches uh, where you can hear little snippets of that on our mini episodes. But a giant thank you to our super producer, Cody Fisher, um, the brother of Kobe Bryant, our sound engineer, Devin Bryant, uh, of course, mm-hmm. our MVP, uh, Molly Reynolds, and the person who gives us all the research, everything that we need to know for every one of these episodes goes through Amazon reviews in a ridiculous degree. I'm talking about Nate Kylie. Nate, thank you so much for doing all your hard work. And the person whose last stop Everything goes through him, July Diaz. Thank you, July, for everything that you do. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf and all the people who design and make all this amazing art, like the ghost of Craig T. Nelson and Kyle Waldron. Uh, we love your art, and you can follow all of our art on our uh, Facebook and How Did This Get Made pages on Instagram. We are uh, we are in all the social media places. So follow us, listen to us, rate, subscribe, all the things that you need to do. And most importantly, tune in next week for our mini episode where you can talk about sentient vehicles. You could talk about your relationships. You could talk about things that you're watching. Give us a call at 619-P-A-U-L-A-S-K. That's 619-PAUL-ASK. And we will take your comments from the Discord uh, because the Earwolf message boards are now dead. Um, we will see you next week on a mini episode. Bye for now. It looks like Hodgkin's bank is about to cash in. Mr. Hodgkins. Mr. Hodgkins. Mr. Hodgkins. Mr. Hodgkins. My little Hodgkins. Mr. 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 Hodgkins, Mr. Hodgkins, 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 Mr. 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 Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.